Welcome to Fewer Things Better. This is the place for all of us who are big on goals and short on time. Together, we'll explore smart, simple ideas on how to retrain your brain and unlock your life. I'm your host, Kristen Graham. Let's get started. In this episode, we're going to be exploring the attention economy. This topic is timely because we're all living in it. We'll look at the high-level aspects of it and then bring it down to what it looks like in your day-to-day life. At first, when people hear the term economics, they think it refers to the study of money. But in fact, economics is really the study of people. It looks at what drives human behavior decisions and reactions that humans, us people, take when facing difficulties or opportunities. Economics also looks to historical trends, today's headlines, and predictions in both the short and the long term. And there are a lot of variables that happen when you are looking at the study of human behavior. It includes disruptions, innovations, and even the evolution of thought. But let's take this from the macro nerdy sounding things to the micro level. That's the us level. Let's start with your immediate environment. Look around you right now. What are the things, if we're focusing on the economics of attention, that consume most of your attention right now? And I don't mean the humans in your life. We'll have future episodes for that. I mean the active attention getters or takers in your life. Let's start with devices. If you're sitting down while listening to this, how many devices of any type are within view for you right now? I bet you can even reach out and touch a few. It could be a computer, a laptop, TVs, monitors, and of course, your phone. Don't forget anything you might be wearing too. Do you get messages that physically buzz your body during the day? All of this contributes to the behaviors of our attention investments. And we're going to talk a lot in these future episodes about our relationship with time, money, people, words, all sorts of things that make up those micro decisions that lead to macro impact. And we'll also explore how do you organize your time and attention or attempt to. For some, it could be organization principles that they try to use. It could be tactics, habits, physical to-do lists, or simply your current aspirations to do more or to do better. All of those things go into how are you trying to manage the economics of your attention? Let's take a step out and think first around the elements in the larger landscape that are trying to get our attention. You just reflected on some of the things that you choose to have in your environment that enable or occupy your attention. And the world is doing that as well. Attention is a commodity, and it's a very profitable one. Businesses invest a lot of money in technology, marketing, and psychology to capture your attention. Share of your mind gets them a better shot at share of your wallet. Let me give you an example. Whatever device you engage with most frequently likely has settings and notifications that, unless you change them, are intended to knock on the door of your brain. For me, it's those red dots on my phone that are constantly saying, hey, pay attention to this and this, 
Here's an email, a text, an app. Look, you have a missed call. That always freaks me out. I'm like, who just called me? It's a thing. And that's not even taking into account chat channels from work or school, family or friends who are reaching out to you, plus all those social channels that are there to entertain the brain. Ask yourself, when you see an intention getter, what does your brain do? Does it immediately get itchy and want to respond, delete, and clear all the noise? Do you pick up your phone to check the time or weather and then find yourself 17 minutes later lost in an app or still trying to clear out more red dots? Hey, some of us do, some of us don't. It doesn't bother my teenage son at all. But for me, it's a daily practice to not be distracted by the intentional distractions. And by the way, that's by design. Distraction is the objective. When you think about all of the distractions during your day, we can often internalize it and think, ah, I just wish I could be more focused or why am I not more disciplined? I wish I wasn't always getting lost in something. But in fact, what your brain is doing is what it is wired to be doing. It's going to work. It's showing up. I'll tell you a story. I have a rescue dog. And she is always scanning the windows of the house to see what's happening in the great outside. She's looking to see if there's a car going by, another dog in the neighborhood, somebody coming home into the house, or if we'll get a visit from the ever-present Amazon delivery person again. That's her job. She's on the lookout for what's happening. And when she sees something, she sends out an alert. And so does your brain. It's always scanning the horizon because that is what it is built to do. And it's been doing that for always. It is there to get your attention and say, here are all the things that are offering alerts. What should we do about them? And there are so many companies and marketers who spend a lot of time and money to be on that horizon. This ties to the study of cognitive psychology. That's the science behind our mental processes, things like attention language, memory, perception, problem solving, and just daily thinking. So when I see those little red dots or whatever other distractions are on my mental window for that day, I know that my brain is employing its cognitive abilities to assess the landscape and let me know. The challenge in this noisy, busy world is that there are so, so many things vying for our attention, both from a digital perspective our physical environment around us, and of course, a human perspective. So within that, we need to be thinking about how are we working within the attention environment and making it work for us instead of against us. With that, let's turn to the attention landscape. In addition to the elements we talked about before, how are we organizing all of this digital deluge How many items are in your physical area or your background on your technology? Can you quickly find that piece of paper on an actual desk or counter? Or can you find that file in an electronic environment? How many browser windows do you have open right now? Do you ever open a browser window to remind yourself to do something later? I definitely do. How many messages are sitting in a draft folder? meaning I've started this and I'll send it later? Or have you ever actually thought, why has no one responded only to find out that email you so carefully crafted is still sitting in your draft folder? These are just some of the different dynamics 
as we are trying to manage the makeup of our own attention ecosystem. And it can be other pieces like alarms in your phone, physical to-do lists, mail, papers stacked in a corner. Have you ever sent emails, texts, or voicemails to yourself to remind your future self about something? Again, that is all your brain at work, trying to keep pace with the hamster wheel of the attention economy. The interactions of all these channels and all these options are part of our cognitive psychology. That's the second part of what our cognitive capacity is doing. And a lot of scientists call this simply the technology brain drain. This is going to be the diminishing law of return of your productive output and decision-making. By the end of the day, or for a lot of us, even by the middle of the day, we are often experiencing reduced mental attention because we've been on all day and we're trying so hard to keep up with all the things. There is a study that said the average person interacts with their phone 85 times a day. Just their phone, one device, 85 times a day. That included when they first woke up, right before they went to bed, and even in some cases, when they woke up in the middle of the night. Is that you? That study, by the way, was done pre-COVID. So it's very possible that there has been an increase in the amount of time we are touching technology. So ask yourself if that's what your brain is doing. And it's okay if it is. Just understanding how you navigate the attention economy will help as you aim to do fewer things better. That's why we're here. Within this landscape and the study of our human behavior, it's first important to understand what boosts us and what drains us. So as we explore the steps to take over these next episodes about how to maximize our time or tame the tech, it first starts with this personal understanding. We'll spend more time looking at the attention economy and our role in it. And all of these insights will become signals to you. Not everything I've mentioned applies to you, and that's totally fine, because you are the only expert on you. What it's going to do, though, is help you pay attention to the things that make you sit up a little bit and take notice. Moments where you're like, oh, I think I do that. Where do you recognize yourself in the information? That's important. These are all keys in the journey that we will use to help unlock our brains. Thanks for listening about the attention economy. I'm eager to hear where you invest and what returns you receive as a result. Take good care. Thanks for listening. You can find a lot more like this over on unlockthebrain.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter. And if you found value in this podcast, please take a minute to rate and comment. Thanks so much. And now let's go do fewer things better.